Christmas 2012. Uh, America's in the middle of a solar trade war with China. Everyone's waiting on a decision about tariffs. Things are tense. And Solar World sends out its yearly Christmas card. Shale, do you remember what was on it? Oh, that was the, you mean the German Solar World Christmas card? Yeah. Yeah, that was racism. That's what was on it. <laughs> Tor, you remember this one? Yep, I really do. Um, I would say it was not good for Solar World's brand or the uh, Chinese campaign. Yeah, as if Solar World didn't already have uh, some problems with its brand at that point. It was this Asian Santa Claus with a Fu Manchu, and it looked like it was drawn, you know, in the 1800s by some newspaper cartoonist, and it didn't play very well in the industry. This is just one of many questionable decisions from marketing teams at clean energy companies. It's probably the the worst one that we know of. But this week, we're going to unpack the best and worst clean tech marketing campaigns of all time. First, though, a quick word about our sponsors. I can tell you how to make a good decision for your finances. Join Wonder Capital. Wonder Capital helps you invest in solar projects around the U.S. and earn up to 7.5% annually. Developers on the platform get access to easier, more efficient financing opportunities. Learn more at wondercapital.com GTM. We're also supported by Shoals Technologies Group. Shoals is your go-to provider of equipment for solar and battery storage projects. If you want the absolute highest quality components for your power plant, helping you drive up energy production and drive down costs, go to Shoals.com. That's S-H-O-A-L-S, Shoals.com. This is The Interchange, conversations on the future of energy from Green Tech Media. I'm Stephen Lacey in Boston with my co-host, Shale Khan of the venture capital firm Energy Impact Partners. Hey, Shale. Hey, Stephen. So we've both been tracking the clean tech business for a long time, and that means we've seen countless TV ads, infographics, billboards, slogans, all kinds of marketing campaigns to get people psyched about buying solar or making their home more efficient. So this week... We're going to rank some of our favorite and least favorite marketing efforts, and we're joined by someone who has devoted a lot of ink to this topic. His name is Tor Valenza. He's better known in the Twitter sphere as Solar Fred. Tor became well-known in solar around a decade ago when he founded the marketing firm Unthink Solar and started blogging under the moniker Solar Fred. And today he's the director of marketing at Seppi Solar. Hey, Tor, welcome. Hey, guys. Thanks for having me on the show. This is a really fun topic for me. Yeah, of course. Uh, You live and breathe this topic. I've known you for a long time, and i got to ask you, I forgot the story of how you became Solar Fred. How'd that come about? (laughs) Well, um, it was the dawn of Twitter, and I knew that Solar Tor, which is my given name, um, didn't make sense. So I needed to think of something that was a little more common and um, maybe too much information, but... When I was married, um, my ex-wife and I lived across the street from a neighbor who um, just was very antisocial, didn't have a name on his mailbox or anything, and he would do things like leave his garbage cans out too long, and we'd say, that guy did that again, so we just started calling him Fred, and um, that stuck with anything else that we wanted to name and didn't know the name of, and so it was kind of a natural fit that I chose Solar Fred. Well, it fits, and it stuck. So here's how I want to structure this episode. Firstly, like what's unique about clean energy that makes branding so important yet so hard compared to other B2C efforts? Then what are the best marketing campaigns in history outside of energy? Why are they so good? 
maybe what can we learn from them. Then we'll pick our favorite ads or marketing campaigns in clean tech, and then we'll end with the worst ones. So, Shale, why should we care about marketing in this industry, and why is it unique for this particular set of technologies? I don't know that it's unique to this set of technologies, but one of the reasons that we care about marketing, especially consumer marketing in this industry, is the fact that it's still really expensive to acquire customers for most, at least major energy ticket items, right? Solar being the the perfect example, but not the only one. The customer acquisition cost for solar is still very stubbornly high in the United States, much, much higher than it is in places like Germany. So there's proof that it doesn't have to be so high. That then drives up the cost of solar overall, which then makes it less affordable for people to install solar and suppresses the market. So anything you can do to drive down the cost of customer acquisition is super valuable, more valuable arguably than technology improvements, at least in residential solar right now. But nobody's really figured out how to do it sufficiently to drive customer acquisition costs down at scale in the market. And so despite many, many attempts, marketing has been something that in the United States has just not been that effective yet. Yeah. And and I would add to that, that there isn't a broad, I mean, in other words, I mean, if you're talking about large companies um, in, in non-solar spaces like insurance companies and beer companies and things like that, their marketing budgets are tremendous and they go out on a national basis. Um, they have lots of money to spend on production values and all these things, whereas we have these individual little mini marketing pamp- campaigns, whether that's, you know, a Google ad, you know, which costs you cents <laughs> per click. Um, well, probably more like two or $3 per click, depending on what your area. Um, but there's nobody like, rarely, um, there, there are some that we can talk about that do kind of national campaigns that that t- kind of appeal to everybody. So we're really at a disadvantage with all these little mini campaigns that people are having without one clear um great, great message with the exception of perhaps Tesla. Well, I mean, the other thing that I think is partially an answer to your question originally, Stephen, why would we care about this in the first place is misconceptions to correct. They, that, you know, marketing is sort of necessary to correct in order to get people to, to come to the, the sales table, such as in the case of solar, is it too expensive? The answer is generally no, depends on where you are and depends on who you are, but it, it probably saves you money. Um, but other examples of that being like right now with electric vehicles, there is a challenge in, I'm not sure it's it's correcting misinformation so much as just getting the information out there about how does it work to, to buy an electric vehicle? Where is their charging availability? You know, how far is your car going to get you? And are you going to run out of power and the battery? So there's just a lot of information that has to be shared in order for people to really start to adopt. Once you get past the the early adopters, which is where we are in solar in some states now and and hopefully what's coming in electric vehicles over the next five or 10 years. Okay, so we've seen massive shifts in consumer behavior as a direct result of different kinds of marketing and ad campaigns. So I wanted to actually broaden this out and discuss some of our favorite campaigns of all time that don't necessarily pertain to clean tech and maybe some lessons that we can learn from those. So, uh, Tor, I'll, I'll give you the first whack at this. Do you have anything that speaks to you as a, an interesting uh, campaign throughout history that had a mu- major influence on consumer behavior? Yeah. I mean, for me, you know, the most iconic one 
that I think applies to selling clean energy in a way is I'm a Mac, I'm a PC from Apple. Oh, you took mine. (laughs) Anyway, this is such a good example. Keep going. Okay. Um, I mean, the reason why that one was so effective is because it compared. And we do a lousy job in clean energy of comparing solar and the legacy energy, the brown energy that we have right now. I mean, with with that one, you had um, – I forgot their names, but you, but you had basically this really calm, cool – um, Justin Long and John Hodgman. Thank you, Justin Long and John Hodgman. Um, and and Justin was this cool, suave kind of guy, very very lax and everything. He represented the Mac, and PC was rec- was represented by John Hodgman, who was very uptight and who just was always bumbling. And there were so many; th- it was always making things complicated. Whereas Justin made everything seem so simple. And even though Apple is a more expensive product than your average pre- PC, that representation, uh, you wanted to be Justin more than than Josh Hodgman. So people pay a premium to this day for Apple products because of that cool simplicity factor and all those things that that campaign represented. And it was funny and it was emotional. You wanted to be that person. And so that's why it was so brilliant to me. And I'll just add that it had a direct impact it resulted from 2006 to 2009 in a 40% increase in market share for Apple. Hello, I'm a Mac. And I'm a PC. You know, we use a lot of the same kinds of programs. Yeah, like Microsoft Office. But uh, we retain a lot of what makes us us. Well, you should see what this guy can do with a spreadsheet. It's insane. <laughs> oh, shucks. Yeah, and he knows that I'm better at life stuff, like music, pictures, movies, stuff like that. Well, what, what, what exactly do you mean by better? By better, I mean making a website or photo book is easy for me, and for you, it's not. Oh, Oh, that kind of better. Yeah, I, I was thinking of the other kind. What other kind? Um, my, my second favorite one that I think is iconic and something that the solar and, and, and quite frankly, all the clean energy industry could model if they had the funding for it is Got Milk. Ah, that was mine. Amazing. You took Stevens first and mine second. <laughs> Sorry. We just invited him on for a clean sweep. Why, do, why, don't, why don't I let you then? No, no, that's out. perfect. Do uh, it. Well, Got Milk is started in 1993 and it has since become a meme. I mean, you can say got anything for your own kind of campaign these days. And the, the brilliance of it is that it took something again that's like milk it's so it's a commodity just like people consider solar panels to being a commodity these days and it told a story around it that milk was necessary not just for your bones and all these other things but for you know in the, in the most uh, fun campaign that i saw the uh, a tv commercial where a guy is listening to a radio program he's entered and um, he is a curator in an in an alexander hamilton museum and he's just eaten a peanut butter sandwich of some sort that's filled his mouth and the radio announcer says you know to to win the $50,000 prize or whatever the prize is um, who shot alexander hamilton Hello, for $10,000, who shot... Excuse me? Excuse me? I'm afraid your time is almost up. 
Once again, a, a industry created a campaign with a mustache campaign, all these things. Um, and we, as clean energy companies, don't do this. We don't pool our resources together to have one clear message because the utility people are fighting with the distributed people and things like that. And we have to get over that and have one clear message that spends a lot of money nationally um, to get the message out and to make people feel that they can't do without solar. But I'm not sure I see the point of that. What, what are you trying to achieve with that campaign? With Got Milk, it's a straightforward, you're trying to get people to buy milk. If, if What do you get by pooling hydro and solar together? I mean, if anything, you, can, you could try to achieve policy objectives, I guess, but... I mean, you're not trying to get anybody to buy anything. Yeah, well, well, the, it's the public that vote, and it's just as I said with the you know Mac PC campaign, we have to start making comparisons. We have to sh- show that this transition has to happen. It has to happen sooner, and it's good for you, and it will create jobs and all these wonderful things. Now, how that hap- how that's portrayed in a campaign, you know. That's something we all have to think about. But in the sense that we can transition to um, 100% or nearly 100% renewable energy, um, maybe nuclear can get involved um, if it's cost effective. I, I, I'm not convinced it is. But in any case, that's a, that's a different topic for another show. Um, my, my point here is that we have to make voters feel like, why aren't we moving faster towards this if it all works and we can have this instead of brown, dirty energy and fracking? But but now you're on voters. I, I don't agree at all. Now you're on voters. Now you're talking about a, a political marketing, right? Which I think is a different question. I'm sure there have been other campaigns that have been very successful in getting people mobilized to vote on particular issues or support particular policies. That's not what we've been describing. We've been describing B2C campaigns to get people to purchase things. Right. But I think they're related. I think that when people are feeling, in other words, when when people are, are buying more of this and wanting more of this, that affects the politics as well. I'm I'm just not that convinced that a broad-based marketing campaign that makes it sexy to do quote-unquote clean energy or to have clean energy will then cause people to pick up the phone and go after a certain product that fits in that category. All these examples that we're talking about are really successful campaigns. One of the, the hallmarks of them is that they are super straightforward. They make something sexy and attractive, and then you go out and buy that thing. So to me, if I'm going to do, you know, for community solar, I want a marketing campaign for community solar. If I want people to buy an electric vehicle, I want to see marketing campaigns for that vehicle. I don't know. I mean, you know, I'm sure at the margins it helps, but directing all of my attention toward this big, broad brush, let's, you know, market to people about the energy transition thing. I'm just not convinced that would work. There's an area where I think that a broad-based marketing campaign could work, and that is around electric vehicles and range anxiety. That was mentioned earlier, and it's something that, you know, fear-based campaigns where you try to educate a class of consumers around uh, to, to get them over a certain type of fear, which is very real for electric vehicles, seems like an area where a broad-based unified campaign could actually work, even though you're not selling a specific vehicle. Yeah, I was just throwing it out there that if you can't do it separately for solar, wind, and everything, then pull pull together. I agree it would be much more effective to have separate 
campaigns, I'm just trying to <laughs> encourage um, people to have these campaigns, the, the individual industries, if not uh, individually, then together. So, but you're right; it, it does weaken the message if you're if you're doing all these things at once. So, uh, and Stephen, just on your electric vehicle range anxiety point, I agree with you there. I think that would be valuable. And actually, I think it's possible we're going to get it pretty soon. I don't know if you saw this, but there's uh, the the VW settlement, the Dieselgate settlement, r- resulted in all this money going to this organization called Electrify America, which is doing a bunch of different things, including installing public EV charging corridors across the country. But um, one part of that settlement is there's going to be this big multi-state marketing campaign coming out of those dollars dedicated toward electric vehicles generally so not specifically toward vw electric vehicles but just electric vehicles so don't know what those those ads are going to look like yet but i would hope that some of them are are dedicated at reducing the range anxiety coming up our favorite examples of marketing campaigns within the clean tech industry but first let's talk about a couple companies who are supporting this show who are really valuable to the industry right now wonder capital is of course a solar investment platform that helps you individual investors invest in solar projects alongside big wall street banks and you can earn up to 7.5 percent annually the commercial solar market is starting to explode and wonder capital has a major role to play in that they're making it easy easier to connect developers, customers, and financiers. So if you want to earn up to 7.5% annually and support large-scale solar throughout the U.S., go to Wonder Capital. That's Wonder with a U, wondercapital.com slash GTM. If you are a developer and you're developing big solar and storage projects, you know the best equipment provider to turn to for balance of systems technologies. That is Shoals Technologies Group. They design with simplicity and elegance in mind. So if you want the best technologies that are going to help you elevate the amount of electricity that you're generating and lower your costs, turn to Shoals Technologies Group. Find out more at Shoals.com. That's S-H-O-A-L-S, Shoals.com. So no one in the industry has achieved what we've outlined in terms of this broad-based marketing campaign, but many people have tried, and there have been a number of successful efforts from individual companies, from associations, um, from you know government ministries to put together marketing campaigns and ads to educate people and to get people thinking differently about energy. So we're going to highlight our favorites and what we think is most effective. Shale, what is yours? So mine, I don't actually know that this is my favorite, but it's it's one that I I think about once in a while and just wanted to get your guys' opinion on, which is uh, product placement, uh, particularly in movies. I don't know if you've noticed this, but over the past, I think over the past five years or so, we've seen increasingly uh, either product placement that was paid for or that is just sort of fit within the, the narrative, maybe wasn't paid for, especially for solar. So an example being, uh, I recently watched Blade Runner 2049 and the whole opening sequence of Blade Runner 2049 is like, it pans over the the city. This is for anybody who hasn't seen it, sort of a dystopian future city movie. And, uh, you know, there's just this gigantic field of solar panels, um, as if solar is powering the dystopian future city. So there's that example. There's also the, the example that goes sort of the deepest into it, I thought, is um, the movie Wall Street 2, Money Never Sleeps, the sequel to the original Wall Street movie. A whole plot line in that movie is solar related. There's like a, a 
thin film solar company called Babaco Solar, which is basically cast as the bad guy uh, because the main character, Shia LaBeouf, wants to commercialize this nuclear fusion technology. But Babaco Solar, there's actually a whole scene in it where it describes how it's a cadmium telluride solar cell that is lower efficiency and, and cheaper. And it's, it's like really a first solar uh, knockoff. Fabrico is at the forefront of developing thin film technology to incorporate solar cells into pliable plastic sheets. We believe that within the next few years, we can approach the 20% level, making it a perfect match for the explosion of growth and energy needs, which, as you know, is growing at 40%. Thin film technology is the breakthrough here. And in 2010, thin film is going to surpass crystalline silicon. That's about it. So I was curious what you guys think of I don't know wh- whether that's effective or does anything. There's a part of me that thinks that, especially when you have sort of futuristic movies and you show a lot of solar or wind or whatever it's going to be, that it paints a picture that, you know, that's the direction we're heading in, in the future. On the other hand, there's a part of me that makes you, that thinks that doing that makes you think it's in the future and not today. So I'm a little torn about um, it. I don't know if you guys remember this, but before I was Solar Fred, I was... Tor Valenza, um, a film and TV writer, actually working in Los Angeles. Um, and so, you know, this is something that actually is very close to my heart. I do wonder why there isn't a sitcom that is about a solar installer, you know, um, or or any kind of plots that that revolve. I mean, if we have more job now than, than co-workers and, and um, so many other industries, like, why aren't we telling more stories? And people are, are, again, we have over a million solar installations now, right? How come there aren't more of these stories being told? How come in advertisements um, we don't see solar panels just right on the roof just because that's just normal? Um, uh, it's such a great point. And yeah, you're a former TV writer. Get on that. What What are you doing <laughs> blogging about solar? You should be convincing the network execs to be, you know, developing characters around this I stuff. I should be, but uh, that, that's a different <laughs> story. Um, but but my 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 point is that you know I think that the more to that that Shale's point, it's not product placement, but story placement um, that just comes naturally. It's like I, I tried actually go down, I went down to the WGA and I said, can I just give a lecture to the, all the writers about solar? I just, you know, and um, they said they couldn't do that. So that was really, you know, especially as a former member, um, very disappointing, but they should educate themselves about it so that we don't have stereotypes and that we have real stories about going solar and selling solar. So Shale's looking to the movies. Tor, what are you looking to? Well, something that's a little close to my heart, and that is Sungevity's Solar on the White House campaign. Um, so again, sort of a little political there, but, um, you know, I, I think, you know, I was involved with that. And um, we, we definitely all after Obama was uh, elected, thought, you know, okay, the the panels were taken off. Let's get solar back on the White House and, you know, as a great symbolic gesture. And, you know, Sanjevity did a lot of great things, actually. They had this ice cream van um, that went around giving away free ice cream popsicles and it was solar powered, at least the refrigeration was. I don't think it was an electric van, but um, at least the refrigeration was and had solar panels on top and it went into you know, targeted communities and gave away, you know, ice cream pops as well as, um, 
you know, marketing information about going solar. So, I mean, there are a lot of, they did a lot of great guerrilla things. Did that translate into success for them? I think that great marketing does not necessarily, you know, uh, assuage, you know, bad, bad business decisions, which is apparently what, what, um, took them down and now of course they're they're revived but um at least the original longevity um so that's definitely one of you know what i love guerrilla marketing i love the way people can think outside the box um sun runs you know dolphin babies i i'm i it's funny it was a very successful campaign and obviously sun runs still around um and this was this anti-green hippie campaign that said that you're going solar to save um, dolphin babies all around the world. And these people who were just seem to be rich white people <laughs> just say, no, it's really just to save money. Paul and Kathy recently switched to solar with Sunrun. Sure, they've lowered their energy costs, but really they did it to save dolphin babies all over the world. No, it's more the money thing. Yeah. But what about the dolphin babies? Well, that's great too, but we really like to save money. Yeah, we love it. But you love dolphin babies more, right? And that was the that was the negative thing about that that I didn't like about it. I mean, it was funny. There were characters and everything else, but they made solar people seem really um, just affluent you know the stereotypes that only if you're rich you can go solar so that but at the same time it was still funny okay so my choice for my favorite uh ad marketing campaign was a little short film called mr w you guys remember this one i don't i think it was uh, always misunderstood Um, I was actually watching the ad this morning before we recorded, and my wife heard the music and heard some of the narration and popped her head up from the couch and said, oh, I remember that ad. It's from 10 years ago, um, and it was developed by uh, a wind company called Epuron and in, in collaboration with the German Ministry of the Environment. So it features this sweet, awkward, large man who personifies the wind. And you can hear him talk about how he's misunderstood and he comes on too strong for people. And then meanwhile, you see him walking up awkwardly behind people and ruffling their hair and punching their umbrellas and dropping flower pots on in front of them. And at the end, Mr. W kind of leans back in his chair and after ruminating on the fact that people don't like him and misunderstand him, and he spins this little wind turbine behind him. And the text just says, the wind, its potential is ours. And then uh, one day, Everything changed. Somebody finally accepted me for, for what I am. Since I've got this job, life is completely different. I finally feel useful, good at something. And it's actually quite emotional. It's It leaves you feeling really sympathetic for the wind the music is perfect it has this really classic look the way it was filmed it's a fine piece of work and it actually won an award at the con international festival of creativity so a decade later it still remains like the favorite ad in this industry that i've ever seen and actually the production agency said their biggest challenge was ensuring the viewer didn't feel lectured or preached to and they pulled it off nicely which 
is important when you're talking about this stuff because you you want to convince people of its importance, but you don't want to feel like you're preaching at them. Yeah, I, I do remember that, and it was brilliant, I, and I remember smiling a lot watching watching that, and I think I probably did share it on social media as well. Um, the the one thing that I would add to to that is that we don't do enough music video. I mean, I, I can't wait for someone to do something like OK Dipco does with solar panels and, and solar energy in some shape or form. That's, you know, brand is is feeling and we don't have a feeling for things. And music certainly helps that to, to set a feeling towards solar. So in a, in a music video as well. Um, and actually, in you know, in the B2B world, we have um, Solar Edge does a music video every year for for the holiday times and all I love of that. Their, yeah, and and that one is really fun. I, I love that, and it's it's preaching to the B two B world, um, but it could you know go go on to the consumer. We never know. That's a perfect example of the opposite of what I my my example of a bad marketing campaign because. Um, as you said, Solar Edge, you know, Solar Edge is a B2B company. They're selling to solar companies. So they're marketing to solar companies. The counterexample of that was, of course, Ying Li, the large Chinese module manufacturer sponsoring the World Cup. Um, you know, it obviously didn't work out well for Ying Li ultimately, it went insolvent. But like they spent an inordinate amount of money sponsoring the World Cup in what was that, 2012, I guess? 2010. 2010. And, and 2012. Yeah. Yeah, and you could see when you were watching World Cup games, you would see the the banners for Yingli Solar, you know, in the stadium. And I just kept thinking, like, one, who is looking at that and thinking, oh yeah, Yingli Solar, I should go solar. Two, people don't generally pre-select their modules when they install solar, so it's not really a B two C thing. I mean, you could make a counter argument there. SunPower also has done a bunch of consumer marketing, but. Generally speaking, I don't think there were a lot of people who are going to say, I'm going to go solar and I want Yingli panels. So they're paying for massive B2C marketing when really they should be selling into the solar industry and doing so B2B. Well, this one was definitely on my list. And it's an interesting one because when it first happened, I think there was a lot of cautious support. People were like, well, look at this, a solar company putting an ad out on the most prominent stage in the world. How cool is this? And in retrospect, it seems like a really bad idea. Tor, what's your response to it? Yeah, I mean, I wrote about it at the time, and and I loved that they were willing to invest a lot of money in, in this sponsorship. But it was, it was essentially a brand recognition campaign. And as Shale mentioned, um, really – you know, people don't choose their solar panels. They choose their installer who chooses the solar panels. So, you know, I, 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 I commend them for at least trying to get solar in front of, you know, billions of people who are watching the World Cup. And at the same time, I don't know what the answer is, but I wish they had done it in a different way um, somehow, some way. Um, but well, but the Yingli logo like isn't really that good. It's not descriptive. It it's like they didn't have a slogan or anything that would make people search for it or do any follow up work. It was just sort of there without any explanation whatsoever, and and not grabbing enough to to do any work after seeing it. Yeah, I I I could imagine what that ten million dollars for or whatever else it cost for them to to do those two campaigns um, would have been spent so much more on other 
other more effective things. But um, they had a global audience that didn't help them to survive their financial troubles in the long run. Tor, what's your least favorite campaign? I hate to say this aloud because it was such a bad but successful campaign in, for, for what it was trying to sell. But I will say it. It is solar freaking roadways. Do you remember that, Stephen? <laughs> oh, how could I forget? Solar freaking roadways. What are they? They're solar freaking roadways. What do they want from me? Well, they're solar freaking roadways. Okay, so actually this time, what is it? It's technology that replaces all roadways, parking lots, sidewalks, driveways, tarmacs, bike paths, and outdoor recreation surfaces with solar panels. And it was very effective in the sense that it made people laugh. And, 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 and I wish, again, traditional marketing, but it was doing it for something that to me was such a bad idea. <laughs> um, and because we have so many empty roofs, why would we want to put things on roadways that, you know, have so many... Uh, technical troubles that I don't want to get into right here. But yeah, we don't need to get into the technical details of solar roadways, but the ad itself is a really interesting example. And I have um, a couple thoughts about it. I, I actually think it was less successful because of the way it was executed, which was a huge factor. I mean, it's 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 certainly one way of grabbing people's attention. It's sort of the used car salesman yell at the top of your lungs type advertisement. But it was more that it was such a novel technology that it got shared around on places like Reddit and and other forums, and it took on a life of its own. And so we actually see this at Green Tech Media when we write about like novel technologies or projects way off in the future that could be the biggest and best ever. Uh, we actually saw huge traffic bumps when it came to solar roadways, if we ever wrote about them. We had a very skeptical take, but nonetheless, we got massive traffic. And, and to me, it was... Um, it was less the effectiveness about of the video and more that this is such a novel concept that people were spreading it like crazy. Yeah, yeah. And so, I mean, I did, like I said, I commend them for capturing the public's imagination that way. That that was fantastic. It's just I, I wish we could do the same thing with more traditional solar in in some shape or form. Um, and that that's always up to you know, again, the, the marketing as well as, you know, they also did this on a shoestring budget, which is, again, terrific. And they captured people's attention for 18 minutes. It's That's just unheard of in today's short attention span world. So um, I got to hand it to them. <laughs> so I guess I'm really focused on the Germans. Uh, my favorite ad campaign came out of Germany and my least favorite came out of Germany as well. So I'm focused on Solon, which was a German manufacturer uh, that eventually took on $500 million in debt and had to restructure and its assets were bought out. And it it was engaged in two campaigns that I thought were really bad. Um, the first one was in 2006. And it was uh, an, an ad that went viral. And it featured people walking around the city and all of a sudden uh, these batteries started falling from the sky. Uh, and then, uh, you know, all the batteries just like basically destroyed everything around them. And then this, the clouds parted and the sun came out and 
you know, they said, uh, like, soul on. Uh, I forgot what the, the tagline was, but essentially it was an explanation of how much solar uh, resource is hitting the Earth every single day. And it was it sent the exact wrong message because the whole advertisement was filled with violence. And it was basically like solar is wreaking all this havoc on society. And the end message was really interesting. Uh, you know, they were just trying to show how much energy comes out of the sky every day. But the ad itself was like this apocalyptic movie where these little tiny batteries were destroying everything. And I thought that it was a pretty poor choice of imagery. Oh, and, you know, they also had another tagline um, in another campaign. Do you remember what that one was, Stephen? <laughs> I do. This was really horrendous. And this was my uh, second example. It was, don't leave the planet to the stupid. Yes. How condescending. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think it. I, I like the boldness of it and, and the production values in that one. Um, I think they were talking about, you know, again, 970 trillion kilowatt hours of energy fall from the sky every day. Um, so that's a great stat, and it you know they did it in the wrong way with with you know destroying people with with batteries and and cars and things like that. I mean, it would have been even better if you know they had created that like it was sunlight and sunbeams, and that it energized people, it made people go faster, it made cars go faster, and things like that. I mean, that would have been a much more positive message, uh, and then I would never have put on there, don't leave the planet to the stupid. Um, that was bold, but in a bad way. So, Tor, what's your, your takeaway here? What what are you, you know, standing on the rooftops yelling out to the solar industry and other related industries in terms of what you think is most effective in marketing? Well, I think the bottom line is that we need to do more of it, and we need to do more visual marketing, more more videos, because those things are share. And, and we also have to be more emotional. And that is that things spread if we're making people laugh or we're inspiring them or making them angry. I'd rather not make them angry. I'd rather do it in the more positive way. And so that means doing more music videos. And I've got examples of, of good marketing for that that I'll, I'll send over um, that people can, can see on the page. Um, but we just have to be more emotional and we have to convince people to um, actually make that choice um, that, you know, when they walk in the door that they want to switch on solar, they don't want to just switch on to anything. And, and the, the one other thing that, you know, that I will say who does an excellent job for all of us is Elon Musk and Tesla. He is broke the cool factor because he is a cool dude and keeps doing bold things. So the, the storage campaign that they did um, when they when they opened up the first Tesla Powerwall, I mean that was a spectacle, and it pulled it off. There were a lot of orders for it, so you can make solar and even storage cool. You just have to be creative about it, and maybe have a crea- a really sexy spokesperson like Elon Musk. Cool, Tor Valenza, folks, check out his Twitter page. He's got lots of interesting insights on on the marketing sphere. Um, a shout out to. GTM Research's Mike Munsell. We were discussing this topic, and 
Uh, It came up because we're going through a bit of a rebrand ourselves. So two years ago, Wood McKenzie bought Green Tech Media and then subsequently bought some other analysis groups in the clean energy space. And it's been a long integration, but GTM Research is now emerging as Wood McKenzie. So you're going to be seeing us use that brand in place of GTM Research over time and, um, you know, find new ways of communicating that. I should mention that Green Tech Media itself is going to remain our brand for the news site. So nothing changes there. It'll be how we refer to the company, but the research side is a change in. Um, so let's go out with a nod to Solar Edge. They do put together some great music videos that Tor had mentioned. And so I want to listen to a song from the company's holiday video from 2017 called Sun Banditos. And as you listen to that, go over to Apple Podcasts, give us a rating and review, subscribe to us anywhere you get your shows, hit us up on Twitter. We'd love to hear your thoughts. What are your favorite and least favorite marketing campaigns? There's a ton out there. We had a long list that we didn't even get to. So share yours and we'd we'd love to hear from you. This is the Interchange Conversations about the future of energy from Green Tech Media. We'll catch you next time. Global warming, go reveal our boats for